And now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by The Warm Place. No one reheats your meal better than The Warm Place. Previously on Cautious Optimism. We're about to go trekking cross-country in a snow-covered wasteland. Am I sentient? I'm beginning to wonder that myself. Shipka, all we're asking is for you to let us know remotely if something is going on on the ship. I'm Fabin, and this is the Kranladabu Mining Town. There is a lady who does work on spaceships. She's a Kanan. Rico is hissing quietly under her breath. We have all types here. A lot of folks end up here because they're running from something. They're not fitting in with regular society. Nobody's looking to dredge up the past. My name is Sprout. It's the best name. Hello, Cautious Optimism. Aurora Borealis Shand. A human woman. I'm not interested in, in selling this ship. She has a huge smile on her face. She was, she's very important to me. Hank Crawford. Engineers. Bad news, good news. Uh, bad news, fuel leak. Coming and going from the spaceport. Good news, I found duct tape. Cayenne Brunt. A mator. I am a doctor. A nine foot tall, four armed creature. I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Toss. A slimy, gelatinous. Mm, what are you hauling? Goo thing. Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. All right, so you guys are in the warm place. I guess it's time to get cautiously optimistic. The human lady who first welcomed you into the restaurant walks over to your table and she says, well, what can I get you? What's your closest equivalent to coffee? We have coffee. It's made from freeze-dried coffee grounds, but yeah, I mean, it's regular old human earth coffee. I'll take a large one of those, please. I'll take two large. <laughs> just the one, thanks. Rico wrinkles her nose slightly and says, I suppose, yeah, just one. <clears throat> All right, so I have five large coffees for the four of you. <laughs> Would you like anything to eat? Yeah, what's your specialty? I'm starving. Ah, our specialty is reheated steak and potatoes. That's It's freeze-dried, but and we, we reheat it here. That's our special. I would love that. Same. All right. Yeah, make it three. Well, I suppose if there's nothing else. Uh, so we've got three of the steak and potatoes. Uh, well, let's see what what would what kind of food do you uh, do you like? Um, she's looking at she's looking at the cat person. You you don't have any fresh meat, I suppose. I'm afraid there's nothing fresh. Hmm. Closest to fresh, we have some frozen meat that's raw. Hmm. 
But everything is shipped in from off-world and frozen. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, if you could just sort of, um, yeah, just unfreeze some raw meat, that would be, uh, that would be acceptable. All right, we'll get you a steak ultra rare. <laughs> All right, well, you guys just uh, make yourselves comfortable, and I'll be, uh, I'll be back shortly. And she walks off, and you guys are left sitting at your table in the middle of this restaurant. There's a number of people all around. I think last time I asked the audience to imagine some new bizarre aliens to kind of fill in the background of this scene. And uh, is there anything you guys want to do or conversations you want to have while you're uh, enjoying your lunch? No, but I imagine there's a small contingent of green Martians are about three foot tall and quite petite. Sounds about right. Yeah. And you overhear them talking about, why does everybody think we're into butt stuff? It's so weird. I- <laughs> wow. I, what? I always thought it was the ones from Alpha Centauri that were in the boobs. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was the humans that started that rumor. They're despicable. <laughs> oh, I was not mentally prepared for that. <laughs> but I'm back in. I'm in. I'm in. <laughs> So I say to Hank, what do you think it's going to take to fix the cargo bay? Like a whole wall. <laughs> to be honest with you, Captain, it's going to take a ton of, of vinyl decals. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I, I have concerns that we're not going to be able to get it completely fixed. Because essentially we're going to have to take the whole wall off of another ship. Right. I imagine we need to get with the people here who are good at that kind of thing and brainstorm with them and see what raw materials we can find here, even if we have to scrap them from other machinery. I just fear that's where we're headed. Oh, yeah. A lot of hard work, a lot of elbow grease, and probably quite a bit of duct tape. Well, we're in luck. How much duct tape do you have left? Oh, didn't I tell you, Captain? We're we're down to the Hello Kitty. Oh, you did tell me that. I blocked that out of my mind. It's so painful. Yeah. Well, that's a step two. We've got to get more duct tape. We have to have reserves of duct tape. It's on my list. Oh, I had another question. Enrico, you might be able to answer this too. We got all these thumb drives from the place that I'm not going to say too loud in this crowded restaurant. Is there a safe way to look at those and see what's on them? Mm, yes. I mean, we can uh, set up a little sandbox to have a look at them in. That should be uh, relatively straightforward. Shipcom could probably help if it was feeling cooperative. And if it's not feeling cooperative, I can do it. <laughs> I'll say, I hope Shipcom's feeling cooperative. Yeah, that shouldn't be a problem. Because I think there might be something interesting on there, or it could just be a whole bunch of traps like we were trying to lay. So It would be nice if one of them had their bank account on it. Well, yeah, but I mean, we, I mean... I mean, we've got a sizable hole in our ship, Captain, and I imagine... Even resourcing scrap, it's not going to be cheap. Well, I can't wait to talk to this. What? So, I personally have never m- met uh, Kanan before. Rico starts hissing quietly under her breath. Yeah, so how are we going to handle that, Rico? I don't know. When she starts hissing, I, I-, I want to put a comforting hand on her forearm and just give her a reassuring smile. She snatches that away and bears her claws at you. Okay, still not there. <laughs> uh, well, I think you can go talk to the dog person on your own captain do you just want to wait outside or yep okay should we tell them that you're there are they going to be able to like smell you i don't know i've never met a dog person i'm assuming if they're anything like i don't think they have a very sophisticated sense of smell captain okay i mean i wouldn't know if she starts very pointedly looking at something on her ipad well i personally was thinking of going and talking to whoever the local medical person was to see if they need any help while we're here 
And so maybe Rico can join me on that so that she doesn't have to deal with the dog person. Oh, that sounds like a much better plan. Well, there you go. Go do some goodwill. Get a get us a good name. Yeah, and a dejected Hank who thought he was reaching out friendly is just going to you know look down at his lap and just mumble, yeah, Captain, I- I'll go with you. You're stuck with me, Hank. <laughs> is there anything else we need to discuss before we... Oh, should we bring the ship closer? Let's talk to the mechanic first. Is it even flight-worthy to that point? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> as, as I said it, I said, oh, let's wait. <laughs> I mean, I imagine as long as we stay in the planet's atmosphere, we should be able to bump it along the ground, if nothing else. Yeah, but no need to move it and potentially disturb old purple pants before we have a plan. You're the captain. Do we need to be careful about who we tell about our little purple friend, do you think? Probably not a bad idea. If we're going to have people crawling around the ship, kind of repairing it and stuff given that you know all of my knowledge and all of phallus's knowledge we've never encountered this species before todd how close is the little closet we've created for him to where the repairs are going to have to be made well it was in a room next to the med bay which i would imagine would be closer to the bridge than the cargo bay so i'd say it's not very close to where the repairs would be okay yeah so we'll make a point to not let anybody go back there and we just won't talk about him around them or bring it up good plan it sounds like we're splitting the party. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have one group go talk to the repair person and another group go talk to the doctor, right? Right. Look, what are the odds that Hank's character will get blown up again? What are the odds? <laughs> it's already happened twice. I'm pretty safe. Seems safe. <laughs> <laughs> Shall we do the trip to the doctor guy first? Sure. Sure. All right. Cayune and Rico, after finishing a delicious meal and paying an amount of lopsies that is too small to matter compared to the hundreds of thousands you're <laughs> working with for your shipping duties, we're going to go to, let's see, Futsaba, the former doctor. You get his name and directions from one of the locals, and you make your way to a ramshackle building that looks like it was made out of scrap metal, which is what all the buildings here kind of look like. And there is a sign on the front door that says in basic, the doctor is in. After you, Kyan. Yeah, Kyan's going to just go in. All right. Inside, you see a large room that has a number of gurneys. None of them are fancy hover gurneys <laughs> like yours, though. <laughs> There's a bunch of what looks like secondhand medical equipment around. Like, it's all used. There's some older equipment for, like, uh, monitoring heart rates and, you know, those types of machines. There's some IV drip type devices that uh, are a bit rusty and, and old, but they look like they'd function. There is an office and off to the side that is the only other room really in the area besides what looks like a toilet in the back, uh, which is also in a, its own private room. <laughs> and a Lorndon comes out of the office and he's wearing a white kind of doctor lab coat. But it's kind of threadbare. It's got some holes in it. It's not looking any better than any of the other equipment in here. The Lorndon sees you and says, uh, Hello, you must be new in town. I'm Futsaba. I can fix you up if you got hurt. Uh, no, actually, we're, I think, pretty healthy. He, he looks over at Rico to, you know, confirm that there's nothing he is unaware of. <laughs> she just nods her head. Yeah, and he says, um, you know, we are 
here for an unknown extended stay, and we wanted to know if there was anything we could do to help out. Oh well, uh, how, how would how would you help? Oh well, I'm a I'm a licensed uh, doctor. I didn't know there were mature licensed doctors. I am, as far as I know, the first one. Huh? Where did you get your medical degree? What is the name of the main <laughs> the main university for the you know? Yeah, the. League of Planet. I think you had created a name in your backstory, but I forget what. Oh, it is. if I did, I don't remember. <laughs> but yes, from there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Insert name of famous university at this point. <laughs> exactly. Oh wow, that's well, that's very impressive. Um, what about you? And he looks at Rico. Oh, I don't have any specific medical training, but uh, I've done a fair bit of biology, and I'm you know useful with stuff. All right. Well, at the moment, and two of his three arms wave to the empty room, I don't have any need for help right now, but every once in a while, there's some kind of a cave-in in the mine or something goes wrong. And, you know, this place tends to have nothing happening and then everything happening all at once. So if one of those emergencies comes up, if you, if you want to run over here, I'm sure I would need help then. Awesome. We will keep that in mind. So what brings you to Cran Ladabu, spelled with a K? <laughs> um, uh, we, had a, uh, we had a small uh, problem with our ship. Oh, so you didn't come here specifically looking for work in, in the mines or to uh, get away from a troubled past or anything like, like that? No, 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 she says very breezily. No, no, not at all. Uh, we just had some uh, some engineering issues with our with our ship, which we're looking to get fixed. Oh well, you should go talk to Tira in that case. She's the local ship mechanic. Uh, yes, I think the captain, uh, our colleagues, are on their way over there. Oh, so you're in a you're in a larger group. Okay. Well, I don't suppose. You've made it to my home planet, Lorinda, recently, have you? We actually did come through there quite recently. I haven't been in contact with my people in a while. Is there is there any news from Lorinda that you could share with me? Uh, I mean, things things seem to be okay. Uh, there was a brief incident with some kind of strange theft going on, um, but uh, it seemed everything seemed all right when we were when we were there. I think Kayun did just. Anything stand out to you? No, no. It's, it seemed like it was pretty um, business as usual. Um, what what brought you here from there? Oh, well, I'm glad you asked. I am actually the leading foremost scientist in molecular transfication. And my research was just too far ahead of its time. It got a lot of the people in the scientific community in Lorndon very upset and annoyed that I was making such great leaps and bounds towards the ultimate goal of transforming people from physical bodies into pure energy. I actually successfully transferenced several people into pure energy but then the authorities got very upset at me, and I was essentially banished. And I have been here ever since trying to find some sort of scientific research project that could reinstate me into the Lorndon scientific community so I could go back and continue my work. Gosh, how did you, uh, how did you succeed in your energy transference project? 
Well, I took several Lorndons, you know, one at a time, of course. They were experiments over the course of several weeks. And uh, I was able to construct a machine that would disassemble each of their individual molecules and transform them into pure energy. Now, unfortunately, every time I did this, instead of staying in a coherent energy pattern, the energy just kind of evaporated, it dispersed. And so it didn't stay as a coalesced life form. But I was working on ways of maintaining the integrity of the energy being when people got upset because I was too far ahead of my time and, and was, was kicked out. I, I, I have some great ideas, though, for using magnetic fields to create an enclosed space in which the energy could be kept in a coherent pattern. Gosh. Hyatt is very uncomfortable. <laughs> He's like, this guy basically disintegrated people. Yeah. <laughs> He's trying to figure out how to get out of the conversation. Yeah, Rico sort of got one eyebrow arched, but is equally a bit like, wow, that's uh, even, th this is stretching the limits of, of her tolerance for science, even. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, yes, that sounds that sounds fascinating. I, I um, yes, uh, I can't imagine why they threw you out. Small-minded people, that's what it came down to. And they were all volunteers that I worked with from the, you know, from the local prison system, people who were more than happy to, you know, volunteer to further science. Isn't it ironic? Isn't it, isn't it funny that the most ambitious people to, and, and most able to recognize my genius were people who were serving life sentences in prison? Uh, that is... That is indeed very ironic. Yeah. You would think they would be the people with the least, you know, mental capacity, but they were actually the only people smart enough to see what a genius I am. Rico has begun to back away. <laughs> just, just slightly. I would agree. I'm going to say, oh, well, look at the time. Guy <laughs> looks at all four of his hands in turn, realizing he doesn't actually have a watch. But... <laughs> <laughs> But he goes, um, but hey, uh, it was great to meet you. Uh, we will definitely come by if there are any emergencies, see if we can give you a hand. But uh, we should probably go meet up with the rest of our group. But it was so good to meet you. All right. Well, it was very nice meeting you. I love having people, fellow colleagues that I can talk about my genius with. If you want to come back, I can tell you more about the experiments. Oh, um, we'll have to see. Okay. <laughs> Bye now. <laughs> Uh, she she walks quite quickly. <laughs> yes, as does Kai. And I think they're like keeping up with each other. Her tail is swishing in that like agitated cat tail way. Like indeed, my actual cat's tail is currently swishing for some reason. <laughs> Kai looks at Rico and goes, "That that is that is absolutely terrifying." Yes, these Londons seem to take this sort of energy transference thing a little bit uh, a little bit seriously. Um, hmm. We should be a bit careful around them, I think. Yeah. The more I learn about the Lorndons, the more I'm thinking, that might just be a planet we steer clear from for as often as possible. I mean, we did just make a lot of money. Yes, but we also almost create, well, there were problems. <laughs> yeah. We probably shouldn't make them, like, telekinetic. That's probably a bad idea. And the camera pans over to a large... Again, rusty scrap metal type structure that has a small enclosed building on the front of it. And then the bulk of the structure has 
no ceiling. It's just like a fenced in yard type area. And throughout that, you can see broken down spaceships that don't look like they're ever going to run again. Piles of spaceship parts that look like they may never work again. It almost looks like a scrapyard, basically. And uh, when you walk up to the enclosed structure, there is a uh, sign on the door that says, Kira Bira, ship mechanic. I knocked Captain. on the door. <laughs> oh, I was trying to stop you before you oh, did. Sorry. We didn't get to walk over. I'm just going to reach out. And as you're reaching to knock on the door, I'm just going to, excuse me, Captain. Yes. Listen, I, I know that when we all met, I was a bit rough. Do you still think I'm that same person? What, like in an existential kind of way? No, as in I'm a lecherous asshole kind of way. You have been less of a lecherous asshole, notably, the past couple of of days, weeks. I don't know. I'm not keeping really good track of time. I couldn't help but notice that I was trying to be friendly with Rico back there and supportive, and it kind of felt like she thought I was trying to make a pass. Oh, Oh, see, I thought it was more about the the whole Canaan thing. Well, I, yeah, right. I was trying to be supportive and understanding that she has dealt with issues with them in the past and fundamental differences between their species. And I was just trying to be a friend, I guess. Oh, but you touched her arm. Yeah, and I I, I think she might have misconstrued my intentions. I, I I'm just I guess I'm just trying to see if if I stepped over the line or if I was being appropriate or not. And I I don't know. I don't think you're being inappropriate. I think that she was in a heightened state of irritation and just, I don't, I don't think her, her jerking away from you is because it was you. I think she would have jerked away from anyone, but perhaps we should all just not touch anyone unless they, they, <laughs> they ask for it. <laughs> I mean, like actually with their words, ask for it. And Hank's going to take a mental note of this and <laughs> knock on the door. A moment later you hear, and then the door opens. Rero. Okay, so just describe this this person. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a Labrador, but standing on two legs, wearing overalls, mm-hmm. and also like a ski cap on top and uh, big heavy boots. They have a tool belt with a whole bunch of weird-looking space tools, a lot of which Hank probably recognizes as maybe last year's models. Oh, is that the Fixerator 2000? <laughs> rah, rah! And, of course, a uh, uh, dog's face looking excitedly at you. Hi. <laughs> do, do, do they have any response to what Hank said? Rah, rah! I rounded in a rile of rap. Good find, my guy. Right? It real works like Roo. Uh. <laughs> so, um, I'm assuming that you are. What was the name again? It was Tira. Tira Masu. Ratri. Rip Rerenic. How can I rope you? Um, we really we do need your rope. Um, we <laughs> have a hole in the side of our ship that's pretty sizable, and we need to patch it. I was wondering if you could help. Right, right in Rudat. Where's your rip? It is about an hour's walk from here. Row right, Rudis. Why don't you riot over here and work it right where? Uh, 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 <laughs> forgive the captain. She forgot to tell you that we are concerned that additional damage may occur if we drive it over here. We didn't know if you had maybe a shuttle we could take you to it. Row, row, right. We can run out of the rat raver. Great. 
Um. <laughs> All right. Rollery. <laughs> I guess we're rollering you. All right. <laughs> uh, she walks to the back of her, her little shop and opens a door that leads into the yard with all the scrap and everything. And she kind of jogs like she's walking, but like really fast mm-hmm. over to a uh, a vehicle that she climbs in and she motions for you to get in the back. It's a four seater. It kind of looks like a car, but with no roof. And there's no motor on that device itself, but you notice there are two long power lines going out in front of it. And each of them are attached to what look like giant airplane engines. And as she presses a few buttons, the body that has the seats levitates up and the two jet engines in front levitate up. And as they start slowly moving forward, they drag the uh, body with the seats in. Have you been watching episode one? (laughs) I was about to say. (laughs) Episode one of what? I have no idea what you're talking about. Okay. Episode one of of the Lord of the Rings? I don't know. What what could you possibly mean? This is an original idea that I imagined on my own. Of course. Of course. My bad. I'm very creative. Hank, get in the pod racer. Let's go. (laughs) (laughs) So I hop into Rob River. (laughs) Rory, Rory. I give her the directions, the coordinates. Rory, rolled on right. And the engines make a tremendous noise and it starts accelerating out of the scrapyard. And the wind in your face is painfully cold and kind of unpleasant. Rory's communicator starts going off. Beep, beep, boop. Uh, Rory, go ahead. It's hard for you to hear over the wind, but uh, you're able to make it out. This is Shipcom. I am alerting the local authorities. Who are you? Unknown life forms have entered the vessel. Oh no, our banana bread. Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this week's episode of Cautious Optimism. The video on demand of our charity D&D stream is up over on Bamashock's Twitch channel, twitch.tv forward slash Bamashocks. If you missed the live stream, you can go check it out there. We were able to raise $660 for Extra Life, but it doesn't have to stop there. A link to the donations page is on our Twitter feed at AsTheDiceRollRP, our Instagram at AsTheDiceRoll, and on our Slack channel over on the Geek2Geek Media Network Slack, which you can find by going to the Contact Us portion of the network's website at geek2geekmedia.com. Bama will also be hosting another stream tomorrow, Saturday, August 28th, so make sure to tune into that as well. While you're over there at the Geek2Geek website, consider joining the Patreon account. For just $5 a month, you can get the monthly magazine. This month's magazine is all about sequels because the magazine is celebrating its first anniversary. So congratulations to all our writers over on the Geek2Geek magazine. A huge thank you to GM Shadow, who promoted us over on the GURPS actual Twitter feed. You rock, dude. That's awesome of you. And to anyone who's joined us because you saw us on GURPS actual, welcome. If you want to hear more from our cast, we all have our own little corner of the interwebs we call home. Kelly Hightower is not only a cute and fun person who makes a mean lasagna, but she also is the host of the Mating Habits of the Modern Geek podcast. The most recent episode features the return of the business, so go check that out. If you've always wanted to own a farm, but you're allergic to hay, cows, and manual labor, you might like playing Farming Simulator. Bama and Todd now have a podcast you might be interested in. 
give a listen to their new podcast, Farming Simulated. Raven and I talk about why we can't have nice things on the latest episode of Geekitude. What do you do when people behind your favorite IPs turn out to be problematic? We talk about that and more over on the Geekitude podcast. And of course, you can catch Raven on Girls Gone Wow, Todd on Nerdberg Review, and Bamashox over on King of the Heel. We're thankful for all our listener feedback, so don't hesitate to email us at podcast at asthedicerollcast.com, or if you want to leave us a voice message, you can do so by clicking on the link in our website at asthedicerollcast.com. That's it for me this week. I'll be back next Friday, September 3rd, with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. But until then, let's find out who's messing with our stuff right after a quick commercial break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games. Star Wars. Comics. Movies. K-pop. Disney Plus. Keanu. Keanu Reeves. New. Or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. This is Shipcom. I am alerting the local authorities. Who are you? Unknown life forms have entered the vessel. Uh, Hey, uh, our new friend hit it. Somebody's trying to break into our ship. Rolled on right! And the ship accelerates even faster, at which point the howling wind makes anything over the communicator unintelligible. I try to send a text message to Kyan and Rico to let them know what's happening. That we're en route to the ship and someone's trying to get in it. All right. And where uh, Kayun and Rico are, uh, like in the middle of town, you probably just left the uh, doctor's office. You hear a loud noise and you can see what some people might refer to as a pod <laughs> racer. <laughs> Zooming out of town. Let's begin with the camera on Rico and Kayun as you guys receive a text message from the captain. Oh, uh, I think we need to get back to the ship. Yeah, and Kyan looks around to see if there's any other modes of transportation readily available. Make a... Oh, should we roll dice? Make, make a perception what? roll. <laughs> All right, perception is 12, and I got an 8. Okay, success by 4. So, yeah, you see kind of off in the distance, kind of on the outskirts of town, it looks like a whole bunch of some kind of odd-looking vehicles are kind of lined up in a row, like in a parking lot. Those are the only vehicles you can see. Perhaps we should go back to the first guy that we talked to and see if he can get us some transportation. Mm, He seemed to like you. That seems like a good plan. I mean, worst comes to the worst, I can run. That might not be so helpful for you. Well, I can run too. I just, <laughs> if it's an emergency, I don't know how that's going to help. <laughs> what, you didn't take the cross country skill? No. <laughs> <laughs> you remember the last time you saw your friend Fabin, he was walking into the warm place just as you guys were paying your bill and heading out. All right. So we'll head back there and try and get 
his attention. It takes you a few minutes to walk over there and everything. But yeah, you find him halfway through a meal, sitting by himself. Hello again. So sorry to interrupt your meal. Oh, no, think nothing of it. How's it going? Actually, we seem to have an emergency back on our ship. Is there any sort of transport that we can take to get out there a little quicker? There's nothing like a taxi system or anything like that. But I have a little uh, pad racer. I could give you a lift in that. Oh, that would be awesome. Have you ever? Have you, okay, here. Um, I guess it's an emergency. Should I just get this to go? Yeah, and I will totally owe you a meal at another time. I am so sorry. All right. And he, he hollers out towards the waitress lady. Rachel, can you put this in a bag for me? I got an emergency. Specifically a doggy bag. Oh. <laughs> wow. Not the language he used. <laughs> wow. And she just waves back and kind of affirmative. And he gets up and he starts putting on his coat and boots and everything. They go back out into the cold. When all of a sudden, you guys hear a sound like, and then the ground shakes violently and you hear an explosion outside. And the lights are shaking back and forth in the building and everything. And everyone seems very upset and alarmed. And Fivin says, what the hell was that? He runs over to the door. And I guess we go with him. <laughs> yes. He opens the door and you guys and a few of the other patrons of the restaurant flood outside as you hear another and another explosion goes off and the ground is shaking. And some people are knocked to the ground. And as you look up in the sky, you see this very sleek looking spaceship. It looks top of the line. It looks beyond any technology that you have ever seen. It's in the atmosphere, but it's floating above the city. And as you're staring up at it, trying to figure out, it's, you don't recognize it as any species or anything you've ever seen before. And as you're trying to make sense of it, a flash of light appears and you see this ball of energy kind of falling towards the ground and it explodes just outside of town, shaking the ground again. And at this point, everybody has come outside of their buildings and stuff and is looking up at the sky going, what is going on? What is happening? And uh, Fabian looks at you guys and says, do you know those people? No. Does nope. this happen around here often? No, it never happens. And I'm sorry to say so, but it's awfully suspicious that it happens shortly after you strangers show up in town. Oh, well, we've never seen anybody like that before. He looks directly at Cayune, like right in the eyes, and he says... A lot of the people here come here because we're running from something. Are you guys running from that? And he points at the sky. Well, not actively that. We did have an altercation before we landed, which is why we had to land. But um, we, we had taken care of that, we thought. This, this, is, this is new. Okay. Well, here, let's get to the mines. I think being underground is probably the safest place to be while we're being bombarded. How does that sound to you guys? Um. um. Scientifically speaking, is that a good idea? <laughs> um, it's, I mean, I wouldn't say that was the best of all the possible options. Um, what if there's a cave-in? Well, what if you get a bomb landing on your head? I, I don't know what to do. This is, <laughs> I don't know what to do. What are you, ah, what should we do? <laughs> uh, all right, clarification. Are, are the bombs hitting the settlement or are they out by where our ship is? From what you see, they've all hit around the settlement. Around the settlement. Like real close to it, but outside of where there's actually buildings and people. So it's like warning shot type maneuvers. Yeah. 
Okay. We got to do something. We can't stay out here. Well, why don't we get on your pod racer and go somewhere else? It's a pad racer. Sorry. Sorry. Terribly sorry. Your pad yeah, racer. Weird. I do apologize. It's 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 my accent. I do apologize. Um, oh, well, okay. Fair okay, let's go. Let's go. Follow me. And he starts running over to where the vehicles were parked in the outskirts of town. And as you guys are running, maybe you're about halfway there. The big ship descends and lands in the center of town. He looks back and says, uh, it looks like whoever it is is fixing to come out of the ship. I kind of want to see what they look like or hear what they have to say. I'll drive you out to your ship, though, if that's really what you want to do. Do you want to talk to these aliens or do you want to go to your ship? I'm not sure that I understand what these aliens have to do with us. Who's in charge of your town? Do you have like a sheriff or something? Nobody's in charge of the town. Well, somebody must be in charge. There's always somebody in charge. No, there's nobody. That's what's great about this place. Nobody's in charge. Everybody just does what they want. Wow. Uh, gosh, that's very exciting. She starts taking notes on the sociological <laughs> implications of having nobody in charge of your town. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, the realistic application of anarchy. Kyan <laughs> doesn't feel terribly comfortable leaving people un protected, especially if they are the reason why this ship is here, but if literally they never have this problem and now they do, he kind of suspects that maybe they are, you know, it's has something to do with the Bradham people that he had the altercation with. So he's going to stay, but if Rico wants to go with the other Matorb to the ship, he completely understands. He just doesn't feel comfortable leaving. I think Rico would probably stay with him, to be honest. And I don't think fracturing the party again is a really very, very sensible move. I think we should probably stay together. All right. I mean, she's now taking sociological notes. So, you know. All right. Let's go see what they have to say. And you guys head back in. And as you get to the ship, the ship is basically surrounded at this point by people who live in the town. And some of them look scared and some of them look angry and a lot of them just look confused. And one of those classic ramps that extends out from the ship, like they have in every good sci-fi show, extends out from the ship onto the ground. It hits the snow and goes deeper into the snow and the door is open. And inside the ship, you see wearing mechanized suit, you know, a kind of an Iron Man type of mech suit. And helmet and stuff that doesn't let you see what the aliens inside actually look like. These humanoid creatures, you know, two legs, two arms, a head inside a helmet. 30 feet tall, which is just over nine meters. These, these super tall creatures walk down the ramp into the center of town. And as they get to the center of town, you realize these suits that they're wearing are pretty heavily armed. There's uh, gun turrets sticking out of the shoulders, and it looks like maybe a laser on the chest or something. And they look around, and the helmet stops when it gets to Kayun and Rico. Next time on Cautious Optimism. 
Two of these aliens walk over to you, and one each picks you up. All the best, most useful parts of Cautious Optimism are in this bag. All the electronics go dead, and the pad racer's engines die, and it comes to a stop. And Tira looks over at you and says, Right, right, you go! There is a gigantic explosion about ten feet to the left. Rory draws her weapon. You've been listening to As the Dice Roll. The As the Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com. As the Dice Roll is a proud member of the geek to geek Media Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, streams, and content at Geek2GeekMedia.com. If you'd like to contact the show, you can send an email to podcast at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. Individual players and GMs, social media can be found on our website at AsTheDiceRollCast.com. 